Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to talk to you about stress. What is stress from the spiritual perspective? Probably the easiest way to look at stress is pressure, so applied pressure, um, which in essence is dense energy or energy in its less potent or optimal state. So condensed energy, heavy Mm -hmm. energy is in essence stress. Yeah. And uh, how is it different from other forms of pressure (laughs) (laughs) and stuck energy? Is it different uh, in any way? There are different reasons why an energy can get stuck in in somebody's body. Um, Main ones um, are probably trauma. So different kinds of trauma can be emotional, it can be physical trauma, it can be mental trauma. it could be mm, memory memories that is connected to trauma. Um, it could actually be ancestral um, ancestral hooks of stuck energy. And then stress. These are probably the most important ones, right? So stress is a natural, quote unquote, response of your body when you are reacting to a threat whether perceived threat or a real threat, right? Now, stress is a very, um, in, in many ways, it's a healthy response. It's, it's, um, it's only unhealthy if it persists. Um, and if, especially if it is perceived and not real danger that you're trying to avoid. Um, so there's, in, in other words, there is good stress and then there is bad stress right? The reason you need condensed energy is because in a fight or flight situation, right? Um, you want to have enough energy to be able to run for it or take action or whatever else thing you need to do, right? So technically condensed energy is really an accumulation of energy. Now, if that's done momentarily as a response to a situation that you need to resolve, right? Or some type of circumstance or when you're just gathering your resources to make something happen, that is fine. That's what good stress is. In fact, you would be incredibly bad at solving problems in the physical unless your body was able to reorganize its resources in that way, right? It would be very hard for you to achieve anything in sports, in business, in your studies. It doesn't really matter, right? So stress is technically a healthy um, practice of resource accumulation within your body or energy accumulation within your body. It only becomes unhealthy when you are holding on to that within your body for a prolonged amount of time, right? Um, and that starts actually depleting your body because it's, it's incredibly energy consuming to be able to hold on to dense frequencies like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So it starts depleting your resources and starts creating all kinds of byproducts of this mechanism, byproducts as well as um, just bad, bad consequences of that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And uh, if you kind of look at the physical and energetic body, how does it affect both? So the answer is it depends. Um, In the same way that there are no two human beings that are the same, stress impacts every physical and energetic body differently. So different 
humans have a different capacity for handling stress. Part of it has to do with how experienced your soul is, frankly. So older souls tend to handle stress very well. Younger souls tend to not handle stress very well. It's, it's um, you know, if I were to put it in an overgeneralized manner, um, if I were to maybe be a little bit less general, right? Um, so basically, your sh- should I say that your ability to handle stress is very much dependent on what you're used to and what your soul is used to, the amounts of pressure your soul is used to, um, based on past life experience. Mm-hmm. So naturally, as a soul, when you're evolving, you choose experiences that are unique to you, right? Not every, uh, there are no two souls that would have the paths that are exactly the same. So one soul would choose to practice the warrior, for instance, and the other soul is going to choose to practice um, healing archetypes, right? So depending on what your past experiences have been, you might, you might have put yourself through a lot of stress already in past lives. And as a byproduct of that, you're now able to, you're basically are more adaptable, more flexible, and you like those memories never go away. So you're better prepared to handle pressure in this Mm -hmm. life. As opposed to, you know, another soul might have had very different experiences, experiences of being taken care of and not necessarily you know, moving as fast and not choosing incarnations that were very aggressive and, you know, huge leaps of faith. So these types of souls might also be less prepared for stressful situations, right? Mm -hmm. Because technically stress is, like I said, your fight or flight response, right? Like either you you take on the warrior stance and, and, and face the circumstance head on, or you need to have enough resources in your body to escape, right? Mm-hmm. And again, like those types of responses and the training, uh, like the only way you get used to that is by experiencing a lot of that, right? Not just in this life, but also in, in you know, throughout your whole journey as a soul. So when you're asking me, how does stress manifest itself in the physical and um, energetic body? The answer is it depends on what level you're at as far as your ability to handle stress. Also, there is not one place in your body that stress goes into, Mm. it actually depends on again the the weaker spots in your body um as well as um the stronger parts in your body ironically (laughs) um so basically on your own personal constitution right now stress tends to accumulate um and there are some things that let's say that they're generic to all human beings though uh because pressure um is the absence of of flow, right? And flow is your energy. Uh, Generally, or or should I say, um, the normal coursing of energy is flow. Um, There are a couple of systems of your body that stress inevitably impacts whether you'd like it or not. So there are two aspects of flow um, that we've kind of discussed in, in the past, right? One is associated with liquids in your body, duh which means your cardiovascular system, so your bloodstream, right? So that is um, the one of the first things that gets impacted during stressful situations. So your heartbeat increases, right? Your heart starts pumping blood. The reason being is it, you know, enables you for that fight or flight reflex, right? And then your breathing, which is that second flow, like the flow of breath, right? That life flow, that we have also discussed as we were talking about the element of air. So that gets impacted by stress. So, um, you know, very often from the physical level, at least um, your breath and like lungs and the respiratory system, as well as your um, cardiovascular system, those are the two that are going to be impacted at the very minimum. Mm -hmm. Um, Your muscles tend to get impacted as well. So it's almost like um, your muscles tense, whether you'd whether you're aware of it or not, naturally. Now, imagine trying to, um, I guess you don't have to imagine because you're living it, um, looking at the current society, right? Um, The current human society is experiencing some of the higher levels of stress throughout the whole history. Uh, There's been other periods, uh, but this is about, you know, it's one of those um, stress levels that I would call 
very unhealthy for, for human beings. Um, part of the reason is there is a lot of perceived stress that is not real. And it also stays with people for prolonged amounts of time mm -hmm. on average, way longer than it should. And there are stressors, right? So there are two, two kinds of stressors. Stressors that you put on yourself, so self-induced. And then stressors that come from the outside world. And both are exceptionally high in, in this current society. Yeah. Obviously, self-induced stress is achieving things, having expectations for yourself, comparing yourself to others. Um, fears of all kinds could also produce a stress, uh, like fear of, you know, the future or certain circumstance or not being good enough, etc. So all of these are self-induced. And then there is all kinds of external circumstances, right? And um, so the expectations of your parents and of your significant others and of the world, as well as the media landscape creates a lot of stress, right? Uh, and that is from the aspect of perceived stress. Hmm. So chances are, because um, you know, a, a lot of the news and you know the, the media landscape, the way that everything is shaped, things are taken out of proportion, right? Hmm. Yeah. Um, so these might not be real things, but because the frequency of the word, spoken word, really shapes the frequency of um, the collective mental body of humanity, right? If enough people are tuning into the news, let's say, at any given point in time, right? And, and then like the evening news generally start around the same time. So you will have a lot of people tuning into the same frequency, right? Hmm. At the same time. And... That is how the power of the spoken word from the news anchor shapes the mental body of the collective, right? Again, two aspects. One, because the word is already a frequency, right? Two, because a lot of people are downloading the same frequency from the TV screen at the same time, hmm. right? Those yeah. two things get really amplified and it's like a double helix. They get really accentuated thanks to one another. Um, and that is how you get, um, you know, a new energy, a new frequency within the collective consciousness. On top of that, right, of course, we understand how the news media business works. It works off of um, attention, right? So the number one objective for these types of outlets and, and, and programs is human attention. Humans evolutionarily are geared towards paying attention to things that are threats to their survival. It is very, it, it's basically how the human brain has been designed. Like the lizard brain is designed a certain way. Like it perceives, like it focuses around things that produce fear and it has a lot of self-preservation tendencies, right? So because human beings um, are always naturally attracted to things that are dangerous to them that's why to get to keep the news business going there is a lot of that in the collective like basically the frequency that you're downloading from your screen is that which is a threat because the news folks know that that's what you're going to be paying attention to hmm. so pretty much every evening as every country individually and the world collectively is tuning into the evening news they get readjusted to that collective frequency of fear danger you know pay attention to me and stress, right? Which again is perceived stress because it is a choice of these media companies, what they want to cover and what they don't want to cover. I hate to say this, right? Um, and it is a business driven decision, right? So covering what happened in the world is a point of view and a perspective and not the ultimate truth. But as you are hooked into your TV, TV screen, Two things that are two things are happening. First, you're downloading a frequency from that TV screen, right? Now, whether you believe it or not, is a different story, right? Because there is a lot of discernment, and the, the level of discernment is actually rising. So basically, you're watching something, right, in your house, and news tends to be disturbing. There is always something, right? Um, so you're downloading that frequency. 
the next thing that happens is your body is going to start reacting in a way of like, should I be worried or should I not? You know, like I'm watching something, I don't know, somebody got murdered, there's been this explosion, should I care, should I not? I don't know, I'm not so sure. Then what ends up happening, right? And that is a subconscious process. So a lot of humans are going to have that same reaction of like, should I care, should I not? Does it impact me, does it not? I don't know. Should I be stressed about it, right? What ends up happening is, and that is a subconscious process, your own body is going to tap into the human collective in two ways. It's going to tap into the human collective mental body and the human collective emotional body. The funny, and, and you know, the human collective, but before you get to the human collective, you get to the country collective, first the town collective, the city collective, like it, you know, there are multiple bodies, but technically still the collective body. Um, and the interesting part is, because the same frequency is being downloaded by so many different people, that is what's the collective, that is what the collective body, the collective consciousness is going to be reflecting at that point in time, right? Mm. So how do you know that something is true or not true? How do you know that you should be worried about something or not? If you're wondering, how you know is subconsciously your body connects to the human collective and that is what that is what is regarded as the ultimate source of truth. If a lot of people are feeling that way, it must be real. Hmm. But wait a second. You just connected to the collective consciousness that has been fed the same perspective from the TV screen. I'm not even going to call it a lie. I'm just going to call it a perspective, right? And so how your body knows that it's true is that enough people are paying attention to the same exact piece of information at this point in time. All of a sudden, it creates a perception that, oh, yes, this threat is real. That means I should be worried. It probably impacts me. Whoops, all of a sudden you feel stressed. And A, has nothing to do with you, probably. The fact that somebody got murdered on, on, an, on I don't know, on a desert island that you'll never go to <laughs> or something. Not only that, but it's a perceived threat that's kind of not real outside of the frequency of that word that's been spoken, right? So the reason that I'm saying right now is one of those times where humanity's stress levels are at their highest is because um, there is a lot of alignment, right? Well, first, a lot of attention goes to media, right? Compared to, say, 200 years ago, where it was really hard to align people around anything, right? So there's a lot of mass media, um, a lot of people tune into the same level of information at the same point in time, right? And then there's also a lot of homogeneity around different countries. Like, look at the pandemic, right? The same message has been fed into the human collective by every country in the world, pretty much, right? So that becomes, like, really, really real. So there's a lot of stress to go about. Um, and, and how your body is going to react might be very, very different. Like now, you might still perceive this as a collective truth, but how your personal body reacts depends on your personal experiences in this life and many other lifetimes, right? So there are a lot of people that are stress resistant and then there are others that are not. And then I think I also didn't answer one of your questions around like how does stress manifest itself in your um, energetic body? Uh, energetic body. What it does is it manifests itself as dense, clotted energy in the same way that like blood would form clots right when you know when you're bleeding um the same like if i look at your energy body um i would always be able to tell where you have tension and stress in your body by where i'm perceiving this energy clots mm -hmm. if i look I, I don't know if you're curious to uh, understand where stress mostly gathers within within the human body is that something that's of interest to you yeah 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 of course okay um, it would be a little bit different between men and women, actually. Men tend to accumulate a lot of stress in the uh, neck area, more so than women. Part of the reason is uh, the back of your neck is connected to your sense of direction because 
your neck is the aspect of your body that rotates your head, obviously, right? And humans, actually, the, the human species today relies on men for direction a lot more than they rely on women as a society, right? So because men perceive that they're supposed to be the ones with the answers actually for their families, for their significant others, for their children, for their parents, potentially if those are elderly, right? Um, they tend to accumulate a lot of stress in the neck area because they don't have all the answers is the ultimate truth. But they, they're under a lot of pressure to have all the answers, how to put money on the table, how to get like, I don't know, a, 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 a better car, a better house, a children's education, you know, <laughs> how to not get sick during the pandemic, etc., etc. Like all of that stress actually accumulates a lot in the neck area for men because they're supposed to, you know, again, the society looks to them for direction because they're not able to provide that. This self-induced as well as societal stress would go in their neck area. And this is the one that is actually quite persistent. So this type of stress that goes in the masculine neck area tends to start accumulating with men as young as 16 years old and would stay down to pretty much like for the rest of their lives. Um, and it's at its acutest between ages 30 and 50 for men. Um, argue, arguably because these are the times when they're supposed to like build a family, you know, start providing for potentially many people. Like that pressure is real. So you have a lot of neck pain. Um, and then in general, you have a lot of joint pain in men partially because of that, right? Because that energy flow is constricted in the neck area, which means it's constricted for the rest of your spinal cord. That's unfortunately how it happens. Um, there is a lot of tension uh, for men, uh, stress that accumulates in the back area, like lower back. This is a little bit different. This is the, um, the belief and the pressure around, I'm supposed to carry my weight. I'm supposed to carry my load. So men tend to carry a lot of weight, perceived and real. Again, that like weight of responsibility for everything and everyone and, and themselves and the path. And, you know, they're really, you know, you'd be, yeah, like it, it, it's really hard to not accumulate that type of stress um, in, in the masculine body. So I would say these are the main ones. And then um, also there is stress actually goes into the knees for a lot of men as well. Um, and that is actually men not being able to choose freely. Like, so the, the perception and the, and the reason that men accumulate a lot of stress in the knees is because their perception is that they cannot freely choose their path or somehow choices taken away from them, at least in one or a few aspects of their lives. And the way that actually manifests itself is very different for different men. But some of them feel like they, you know, their work-life balance maybe is not there. Like they work, they have to work harder than they, you know, wish they could. Again, because of the load that they're carrying. Or they have to take a job that pays better than, you know, but, but they don't love. But they have to stay there for the money. And they maybe wish to do something else with their life but it maybe is not a manly job or doesn't pay as well. So they, you know, they struggle. Um, yeah, there's just like a lot of like the feeling of stuck, like being stuck a little bit, um, which gives you this pain and, and in general, the stress in your knees. Um, like it's almost like the way I, I perceive this on an energetic level is kind of like, you know, quicksand, so when you kind of like you're you're like in, in the desert, when you're just like slipping into and like the more you move, move around, the more it sucks you in. Um, like that is kind of like the vibe that, you know, stressed men on this planet give off. 
and they feel very trapped in this. Like a lot of men somehow feel trapped in their marriages as well. Like they don't feel like they're at liberty to leave maybe a marriage. Um, you know, they, they feel like very stuck. So again, like that level of stress also accumulates in the, mm, in the knees. I would say these are probably the most important ones for men. Um, there, and you know, this is an overgeneralization and then depending on the guy, right. And, and their own personal level of stress on top of accumulating these ones, they could also accumulate all kinds of other aspects of stress, right? It can be, they could accumulate some in their brain, in their, um, in their throat area in their wrists, all over the body. Like, and then from there, you know, there's no really rules. Like it's your particular stress based on your particular trauma, based on your particular pressure that, you know, you're putting yourself under. Um, Did you have any questions in regards to that or should we go to women? No, I should we go to women, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Women. Let me connect really quickly. All right. Women are interesting. Not that men weren't interesting. It also feels like um, they accumulate stress um, a little bit differently. Like energetically, it feels like men have very pointed, very heavy clots, whereas women don't have very pointed clots, but they they take on larger areas of their body. So women actually, um, so they accumulate a lot of stress in their throat area. Um, And that is all kinds of things that have to do with self-expression and communication. Um, So every time they don't feel like they're able to fully be who they are, um, fully be who they came here to be, or freely communicate who they are. And by the way, like like this this type of stress is very multifaceted uh, because you would have... um, women are supposed to be better communicators than men, right? That it, that's what they're supposed to be. <laughs> However, they tend to accumulate more stress in their throat than men do. So very often in their upper body, their stress would go to like the thyroid area. Um, and that, you know, there are m- some major tensions around why this happens. There is a big one uh, right now on this planet for women, which is family versus career and that stress that pressure goes into thyroid um and and just generally your throat so women cannot find the balance on this planet of what they're supposed to be doing and they're putting themselves under a lot of pressure so no matter what they're doing they're always blaming themselves so if they're at work they're blaming themselves that they're not with their family when they're with their family they blame themselves that they're not at work not working hard enough maybe not making enough money blah 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 like this is one big conundrum or god forbid if they have to go on maternity leave and they're they really would you know wish that they could be making money like that like that is part self-expression so women don't fully feel self-expressed in their motherhood or as wives like in their family Neither do they feel fully, you know, on board in their careers. Again, generally speaking. Um, A lot of women would accumulate stress in the kidney area. Um, Maybe we're jumping around a little bit, but that's what came through. (laughs) So please bear with me. Um, Kidney area accumulates a lot of stress around being alone and loneliness in general. So it tends to be one of the main sources of female fear, whether that's being a single mom or just, you know, dying alone or being alone or being left, being divorced, all of that, or never finding the one. Um, 
all of that goes to the kidneys area. And um, it's not the same as men experience like back pain because men men's back pain is more in the skeletal and muscles. That's what really causes like the constriction of like uh, like not enough flexibility in the um, in the spinal cord, and the contraction of muscles is what traps and uh, causes back pain for men. For women, it might be the same general area of the body, but it's really the kidney area. Actually, that's also how you accumulate a lot of toxins in your kidneys that are not necessarily being eliminated. Hmm. So, yeah, and it's not very easy potentially to detoxify the kidneys. And one way of doing that is is through drinking a distilled water, actually. But um, I definitely see there is a lot, um, like a lot of dirt and debris that just accumulates in that general kidney area as well. Uh, women collect a lot of stress in their ovaries. So all types of relationship stress and not being good enough goes straight to the ovaries. No bueno. Not good for any type of reproductive functions. And partially the reason period hurts so much is because you put your stress straight in your ovaries. That is like one of the most common places. It's like almost like you guys use that part of your body as if it was like a trash can. And I don't get it because <laughs> that is not where your trash and all the things that you don't want to face are supposed to go. <laughs> right. Just saying. Right. Maybe you should try eliminating that through every which way is possible. Like, I don't know, like through sweat, for instance. Women, by the way, don't sweat as much as men, so maybe that's a challenge. But um, ovaries tend to be like uh, things you you try to dispose of things into, which never works. Um, and it causes all kinds of issues. Um, ooh, interesting. Um, didn't notice that right away, but a lot of you put stress in your uh, stomachs, including men. Actually, that is the one common part between the both genders is that a lot of stress would go into um, the esophagus area um, as well as the stomach area. Um, now, the types of stress that goes um, is very different um, for, for, for the two genders. For women, it's um, all things that have to do with self-esteem go and end up in um in in the digestive system so it's like they're trying to stomach not being good enough and uh specifically like um whether that's pretty enough skinny enough smart enough rich enough all of that like the woman when she doesn't feel enough um young enough um uh, kind enough that would all end up in her digestive uh, tract. Um, for men, um, they're actually all of the stress of comparing themselves to others would go there or comparing themselves to an ideal of some sort, like an, an unachievable thing. So if, I don't know, like your friend got a promotion and you didn't or you expected to be at a certain place by a certain age and you didn't, or, I don't know, you've overheard somebody buying a really fancy car that you've always wanted since you were 16 and you know that you can't buy it for the next 10 years. It's all somehow going to end up in your digestive system. So for men, it's a like all the stress about not winning in the game of life would go into digestion. Because for men, it's very important to be winning, to be achieving. It's a forward-moving, um, you know, human <laughs> type type of a human that didn't come across nice but uh you, you catch my drift um and so every time they're not winning their digestive system is gonna take the blame for it right um whereas for women it's less about winning it's more about pleasing others and being in a society so like communicating being in relationships etc so they perceive not being good enough for something um, as a threat to their survival and the threat of their day-to-day -day because if they're not good enough, then who is going to like be their friend? Who is going to be married to them? Who is going to care about them? Nobody. And so that, that that's what they end up um, taking into their um, digestive tract. 
Hmm. That's a very nice overview. Uh, so I wonder how did we end up in this <laughs> mess? <laughs> how you, well, you guys all chose to incarnate on planet Earth. <laughs> Congratulations! Because you said 200 years ago, everything was... Oh, I didn't say that 200 years ago there was no stress. No, no, no. Um, I said that specifically less. stress that in that is induced by media, which is a good 40% of everybody's stress this day, was close to non-existent. That's the main reason. How would you maybe split uh, stress between channels? <laughs> channels? Channels of stress. Oh, God. Um, about... 30% is self-induced, uh, about 30% is induced by others, and about 40 others that you know, and about 40% is induced by society and just your perception of where you are as humanity in general that has nothing to do with you personally. So what would be the real stress then? 1%. Define real stress and what, make, what makes something real and not real. I mean, the one that kind of threatens your survival. Nothing or... threatens your survival. That's the freaking interesting point about this. No, but there are some situations, right? But 0.001%? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm asking, right? So it's 0.001%. Yeah. Everything else is just illusion. It's made up. Yeah. Yeah. So how did It's all we, in your head. How did we get... <laughs> how did we get here? Yeah. Um... It's a very esoteric question that I'm not even sure, I, I mean, that I can fully, truly answer. How we got here is you guys are wired for personal evolution, right? That's why you come here in the first place is because you want to personally evolve. Because of that, you choose challenges for yourself. That's why you would have been incarnated in a third dimensional world is because you're looking for a bunch of challenges and you're not necessarily looking for the, for a walk in the park. If you're expecting a walk in the park, you'd never incarnate on planet Earth. Like this is not a dimension or a planet to snooze. So that's how you got here. Um, and so in other words, like your bodies and your experiences are wired to go through challenges. Otherwise... There's no learning because the learning can only come through challenge, right? Now, a particular set of challenges that you're experiencing on this planet, in it, it are the challenges that your higher self really welcomes because it's a learning opportunity for you. The reason something causes and gives you stress is because you you have an anchor and a lesson there. If you didn't, it wouldn't cause you stress. For example, um, work may cause you stress or may not. And we can take two people, put them through the exact same challenge at the exact same company, at the exact same job level. A one person is going to experience a lot of stress and another person won't. The reason being is one person has an anchor that connects them to this lesson so they can learn it and finally stop being stressed about it. And the other person has already passed that lesson, moved on to other things, or potentially they haven't selected work as a challenge for this incarnation. So they kind of don't care. Hmm. That's so interesting. Okay. And... Um... I guess. So the reason there is so much stress is because a lot of you are, you've selected good missions for yourself. You've selected challenging things to work through. It's kind of, it's been accumulating, right? So you said that's one of the times when it's kind of really high, right? So it's it's been accumulating, right? For some reason. Just... So... The reason, again, is mass media, right? So, like, you've always had personal pressures for yourself uh -huh. and you've always had, um, you know, your family's expectations of you. So, like, the 
the first 30% and the second 30% kind of like have, have been there for generations, right? Yeah. Even when you lived at a village, you still had expectations for yourself. I don't know, around collecting enough crops to put some food on the table. Like that stress is real. And then your family had expectations from you. What you were experiencing less of as a society is the threat of the the threats, perceived threats that right now are propagated by by like social media and mass media. For example, prior to the internet prior to TV and prior to radio, there may have been, I mean, wars in in the vicinity of your village, but unless the war was literally at your village or very close to it, you wouldn't know and that threat wouldn't be real. So you wouldn't obsess about it too much. Whereas right now, you may turn on the TV and hear about a war in Syria, all of a sudden think, well, oh my God, war is real. So you are, you know, operating at the frequency of war, which is the red chakra and not just any red chakra, the shadow aspect of the red. Your threat of survival, all of a sudden, adds to the pressure on top of your day to day, on top of you having to do good at work, feeding your children, not getting sick. Does it make sense? So mass media and the fact that it has a very broad reach and an agenda is certainly has certainly added to that stress Mm. because the stress of the collective wasn't as real to you before Hmm. as it is right now. So how does the future, how does the future of stress look like? Are you sure you want to go there? (laughs) It's uh, yeah, I'm curious. Um, the future of this planet is a technocratic society. A technocratic society is a society that is being regulated by technology and nanorobotic tech. Which means that you're going to be able to mitigate the stress levels in your body through nanorobots which in in essence um, makes you a cyborg. (laughs) You asked the question. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. So basically, uh, like your muscle pain and kidney issues are going to be eliminated by by technology. Partially eliminated. You would all, I mean, uh, where this is going is a lot more transplants of organs and tissue. So again, like the, the merging between... I guess the emergence of the robotic human, not all the way robotic. It's still a com- like a hybrid. Mm-hmm. But one way that humanity is going to deal with stress is through technology. So instead technological of, innovation, instead of learning the lesson, that will be just a patch again. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's sad. <laughs> okay, and uh, but how how do you for those people who want to lesson learn the lesson yes uh how should you so there is okay stress is pressure you have to get good at relieving pressure off of yourself right you have to get really good at relieving pressure that you and recognizing pressure that you personally create for yourself relieving pressure that the people that you know create for you and especially relieving pressure of the third variety, which is just collective consciousness pressure. And there are many ways. And one of them is creating flow in your life, right? Again, the way you remove pressure is by enabling flow. You enable flow in many ways. You enable flow in creating physical movement in your body, right? ideally different kinds of movements so through different types of workouts not the same workout every day but really changing things up so doing maybe swimming one day running the next day um, archery a third day like really changing things up because that would create different um, flow and it would um, also work with a different set of muscles 
And again, like muscles, especially in men, they hold on to a lot of stress. So as you're working through and trying different types of workouts, that's going to help you create muscle flow, so to say. Although I know it sounds like really weird, but like it would create flow in your muscles, right? So physical movement is definitely one. Um, Yoga is um, a particular type of practice that enables flow within your whole body, especially vinyasa. So that is definitely good. Meditation is probably... Um, as far as like mental exercises are concerned and energetic practices are concerned is probably the number one stress reliever. Um, and again, because it gives, it puts things in perspective and it creates space, um, mental space so that certain energy blocks can be released in and of themselves. Right. Uh, breath work, um, is incredibly helpful in relieving the pressure off of the lungs and getting your lungs um, and, and, and the flow of chi, prana, into a more healthy state. Um, and then, of course, there, there are, you know, practices and exercises that you could do. Also, journaling, right? Um, journaling is really, really important because it allows you to release a lot of stuck energy whether you realize it or not right i actually recommend any time you feel stress or you feel off to journal because there's not always like you're not always going to have like listen like a a grateful ear that you can just like dump all of your problems and, and if you do good like great but journaling is even better because when you journal um there is no barrier you don't need to be perceived a certain way by your journal hopefully right which is even with your best friend, you still need to be perceived a certain way or you, you are wearing a particular type of uh, persona in, in front of others. With your journal, you can be completely upfront and, and clear. And so uh, journaling really helps. Um, and we could also uh, have practices and exercises for you to relieve pressure. You know, we can talk about relieving mental pressure, we can talk about um, exercises and meditations um, for um, reducing stress in particular areas of your body, if you'd like. Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting because does does it make sense maybe have an episode for each area of the body for men, women? Because it seems like these are the main areas where stress no, is collected. No, not necessarily. No? We can or actually. I mean, um, I can. Um, I recommend. Here's what I recommend. Um, we can do like a quick one here. I don't necessarily know that we need like special episodes. Mm -hmm. um, so you've all hopefully just listened, like um, listened to all the places that your body, based on your gender, accumulates stress, right? So what you want to do is whether you realize that you have stress in those areas of your body or you don't, um you want to work with at least the ones that I've named. Plus, plus, you want to add other areas where you experience chronic pain. Chronic pain is a place where your stress tends to go and you don't even know it. Every time you have a chronic pain somewhere, one of your organs is chronically sick, that is where you, you have stuck energy. There's no other way around it. If you were born with a chronic pain, that means you have stuck energy there from a past life or your ancestry line does. Even if you were not born with it, even if you developed it. So add um, all of the centers that we just worked with, plus add all of the centers where you have chronic pain. And maybe let me put chronic pain in, in another way. Even if it's not chronic pain, it hasn't been diagnosed as such. But if you have a part of your body that tends to hurt and consistently... Maybe not every day, not all the time, but like if you like a lot of you have areas in your body where if you have pain, most likely it's there. Some of you have frequent headaches. Some of you have frequent stomach aches. Like some of you have, you name it. Like there's all kinds of pains, right? That we don't have to get into. So add them to the list. So energetically, what you want to do, right, is first you want to focus on that um, because basically the way that this is going to work, right? is you want to allot like a good 20 to 30 minutes for this practice. Uh, so like 
have enough time. Like you're not going to be able to do this in five minutes. There are like many areas of your body that you're working with. And you're going to start focusing on one, right? Imagining your pain as a ball of energy, um, as a sphere of energy in that particular. So focusing in on that area of your body. I'll say we're focusing in on the, the neck pain, right? Um, so imagine that there is like your pain looks like, say, a black sphere, a dark sphere. Just generally pain is either brown, black or gray. Uh, and so you want to focus in on that sphere and you want to start off by breathe, breathing in and out through it. So you're going to breathe normally, but imagine that as you're breathing in and out, your breath passes through that, um, condensed energy, uh, sector, right? So you're going to be breathing in and out and feel free to like breathe out audibly, right? So like you really want to get into that breath and imagine that your, your breath passes, uh, you know, from left to right and from right to left through this condensed energy. So you want to start there. And as you're doing that, right, kind of like stay here. And what you want to do is expand that pain a little bit. So you want to expand that sphere, um, maybe to about three X the, the size. So like you would want to really almost like expand it outside of your body. And then what you want to do is you want to imagine that there are many, um, little rays of the sun or like little rays of light that are penetrating this black sphere uh, where your pain is or where your stuck energy is, right? And as it does so, it's separating all these molecules from one another. And it's almost like this one energy that is really dense and heavy gets split into a million different cells, like a million different black like small, like molecules almost, right? You can, um, the nice way actually, an even better way to imagine that is imagine that they actually don't split into molecules, but they split into bubbles, um, like little light bubbles. Although like they would have like a black, uh, surface, but it's bubbles and they're like light, um, like mm, bubbles. And then as that is happening, imagine how they're bursting, you know, kind of like when you're blowing bubble gum, like it just bursts. So that same process happens. And imagine that as you're like expanding and adding air within each of these bubbles, eventually they can handle the pressure and they're all are bursting. Right. And so basically that whole sphere turns into a million bubbles and they're all bursting. And, you know, there is a little bit of dust, but that dust is just going to fall off. And what you're going to, what, what's going to remain is a more cleansed version of the organ, right? Where you used to have a lot of pain potentially, or we used to have, a, well, you used to have a lot of stuck energy. So once that is said and done, what you want to imagine is that in the place where there was this dark sphere, there is now a sphere of light that is very airy and breathable. And you want to imagine that this beautiful um, rays of, of, of sun and white and gold light are permeating this sphere and they're able to move freely through it. So as light moves through that area of your body, it doesn't come across any impediments right? It can move freely in every which way direction it chooses, up and down, left and right, circular, spiral, um, in the shape of an eight. So like, imagine that the energy all of a sudden can circulate in whichever way that feels natural to it. And then, so that's how you would remove a kind of like an energy clot in one area of your body. And you want to go through all the areas that experience pain. Another thing that I recommend is a little bit of a protective barrier because when you do the cleansing in a particular area, it actually 
um, the energy there becomes less dense. And um, because you're moving energy also, energy work is resource consuming. Um, so you also want to make sure that that area is protected as much as possible so that new stuck energy cannot, you know, so, so you don't start um, accumulating that problem all over again. And one of the ways that you can do that is once you've worked with a particular area of your body, um, imagine that um, there is a pyramid of white light that is being placed around that area, covering that whole area, like covering your neck or whatever area of your body you're working with. And imagine that, um, you know, that is so basically this is a protective pyramid, right? It's going to preserve this area and allow the energy to uh, repair itself fully, right? Because like, it's, it's kind of like we're doing energy, energetic surgery, and it needs some time to recover and start flowing in the right direction almost and uh, repair itself. And the best way to do that is if nothing bothers it. And so you need, um, you know, the, the benefit of that protection of the um, pyramid. If white pyramid doesn't feel like enough, or if you feel like there has been a lot of stuck energy that you just moved, you can um, do three pyramids, one over another. So white would be the inner, then there's going to be the blue, and then there's going to be the purple um, as a third layer. Hmm. So that's what you want to do um, as an exercise, right? If you wanted to do something that is not like breath work or yoga or any of that. Nice. That's awesome. And um, uh, is it worth looking then, maybe not today, but in the future, like just how to change your perception about uh, different situations in your life that yeah. cause you stress? Because yes. if it's all illusion. Yeah. And um, so there are two places, right? Um, two bodies also that we haven't touched, but you know, it's part of the root, like your stress doesn't start in the physical, um, and it does not necessarily start at, at the energetic body level. It, um, starts with your mental, uh, very often, um, or your emotional body. So, um, cleansing the two bodies. And I know that we've done separate episodes on, on the mental and the new emotional would do wonders for your stress levels. Hmm. So um, the mental body is especially important for um, collective level trauma and collective level stress. So the part that is propagated by mass media. So you're, uh, I'll, I'll repeat myself really quickly um, from, you know, the episode that we did on the mental body, but um, it's probably going to be helpful. So your mental body is, um, you know, one of your lighter light bodies and from an energetic standpoint it looks like this sphere of steely blue uh color and it has this little like receptacles kind of like little antennas um that cover its whole surface so it's a little bit like a porcupine almost like it has needles um these needles are receptors and what they receive is information obviously because mental body is all about information receiving information giving away information information exchange um the news watching the news is obviously information so the problem with humanity is that a lot of your mental bodies are only able to receive negative information the reason being is because over time if a particular antenna of yours only receives negative information and negative stuff, it's going to become muddled. Um, and it's almost like it would no longer be able to receive light frequencies and would only be able to receive dense frequencies because you train your mental body to receive a certain frequency that your mental body perceives to be helpful to you, right? Your mental body is um, there to help you out. And so your mental body would start building shortcuts based on what it thinks you need for survival or for happiness, right? But the state of humanity today is your mental bodies are receiving a whole lot of negativity from ether and not a whole lot of positivity. 
So one way to tackle stress is to enable, well, first cleanse your mental so that your mental starts, if not repelling, then just not receiving all these negative frequencies. And even if it does, they pass in and out really quickly without being stuck and without forming clots of trauma. And um, there are many ways that you can cleanse your mental body. But one way, for instance, is you could imagine that there is an ocean of white light and you can imagine that this ocean is powered by source energy or by the universe or by, by God, goddess, however you want to think about it. And then imagine that um, you, as someone who's in charge of your bodies, all of, all of them, um, that you are holding your own mental body between the two palms of your hands and imagine that you're submerging this whole sphere inside of this ocean, like under the water of this white pearlescent diamond desk energy. And so as you've submerged it like a little bowl of energy, what you want to see, and you can even actually use your hands to help out and kind of like wash it away, like wash all the debris and all of the dirt away. But in general, what you should start seeing is that all of these stuck black energy at the tip of each of these receptacles starts being dissolved. And blackness turns into light, right? And you want to stay here for a few moments. And then when uh, when it feels like your mental body has been sufficiently cleansed, you can bring it up to the surface again. And, you know, voila, the cleaning is done. Now, you might not notice a very immediate shift, but you would definitely see a shift in the next few days around even your thoughts, the thoughts that come to your head. Because a clean mental body is not uh, wired to receive negative information. So you would notice that good thoughts come to you easier than before, right? And bad thoughts are not able to stick around as much, right? So of course, it would be hard for you to download a bunch of negative stuff from the collective. And you can do the same thing with your emotional body and like cleanse it in the same exact way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are many ways to imagine your emotional body for the sake of clear, like simplicity. You can imagine it as a sphere. Um, in in this particular instance, the color doesn't really matter, but you can imagine it as a green sphere, right? Um, and your emotional body doesn't have the receptacles. Um, so, but you know, if uh, emotionally, if you're experiencing a lot of negative emotions, certain um, parts of the surface of that body are going to turn black instead of green, almost like cancer, kind of. So you want, and you know, also to submerge that body into this ocean of white diamond desk pearlescent light and enable that light to wash away all the negativity, all the darkness, etc. And as soon as that sphere becomes its beautiful, like emerald self, feel free to take it out. So these are the energetic levels of dealing with stress, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because again, like when, when your bodies are pristine, you're not able to attract things that are negative, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you kind of break your patterns because each of you have all these negative patterns, you know, of, of what causes you stress, right? So these type of cleaning could really be instrumental in raising your vibration and enabling you to be a lot more resistant to all things stress. That's awesome. And not perceive as many things as like life or death type of situation. Just like get perspective almost. Yeah. And that's another thing that meditation gives you. Like what meditation gives you is higher vibration. So like if, you know, if you spend enough time meditating, um, you know, you're really able to zero in um, and kind of like wipe away all the debris, like energetic debris and elevate your frequency by elevating your frequency what happens is you get a different perspective and a different perspective generally or a higher perspective right enables you to look at things in a way that don't they don't come across as threatening to your survival and anything that doesn't threaten your survival on some level is not going to cause you stress 
So having perspective, right? So having like a higher vantage point um, and changing your perception around which things do and do not impact you, lowering the importance of macro factors, very important skill to have. All of these skills would contribute, all these practices, habits would contribute to your overall level of well-being. Nice. That's awesome. And you don't need nanorobots. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> awesome. Uh, thank you so much for sharing this information uh, with us today. And now I'm going to end our session. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a suggestion for a topic we should explore in the future, please email us at hello at conversationswithmyhigherself.co. If you resonate with our message, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this episode with your friends. The world is going to be better off for it. With much love, Maria and Sergey.